Many families up and down the land, when news comes that a baby is expected, then there's usually great excitement and a keen sense of anticipation about such things as what will the nature of this new child be? Will he take after his parents? All sorts of questions arise. And of course, as the birth gets nearer, what are we going to call the child? What's going to be his or her name? If you remember uh, last year, there was tremendous speculation as to the name of the new royal baby. And when it was announced it was going to be Prince George, it was headline news because that name was very significant. And in our meditation today, we think especially of the nature and name of Jesus. You remember from our reading that Joseph was rather concerned about the circumstances involved. And then he has this dream. I'm just going to remind us of it. It says, in, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, in this passage, seems to have two natures and two names are mentioned. What do I mean by two natures? Where well, Jesus was the Son of Man and the Son of God, that is, human and divine. Because he was born of the Virgin Mary, he inherited all the usual attributes of human nature. And because he was conceived by the Holy Ghost, we know that he inherited a divine nature as well. He was God and man, God manifest in the flesh. So there's those two natures in this baby Jesus. But the passage also mentions two names, Jesus and then later on, Emmanuel. Let's look at those two names. First of all, Jesus. Why that name? William Barclay, in his commentary on this passage, says, Jesus is the Greek form of the Jewish name Joshua, and Joshua means Yahweh is salvation. Joseph was told that the child to be born would grow into a saviour who would save God's people from their sins. And I like this part. Jesus was not so much a man born to be king as a man born to be saviour. He came to this world not for his own sake, but for us and for our salvation. It's interesting how often that word salvation appears in the Bible. It's a very strong word. 
I've recently been rereading a splendid book on the healing ministry by Bishop Morris Maddox. And he had an observation there that never struck me before. He talks about the word salvation and how often it appears in the Bible. But he said in the Tyndale translation, for example, in the story of Zacchaeus, where the words today's salvation has come to this house, Tyndale says today health has come to this house. Interesting, that observation. And Bishop Morris goes on to say, had we kept Tyndale's translation, health and heal, through the Bible, instead of salvation and save, our ideas on the subject might have been more spacious. Well, however we say it, that message of salvation is good news. That's what the gospel is all about. And that's our mandate to proclaim Jesus and his message of salvation and to make that paramount in our proclamation. In our first reading, you remember, when someone was healed, the people were amazed and many were converted by witnessing the extraordinary event. But Peter didn't let it go at that. He was saying in essence to them, wait a minute, don't thank us. We're not doctors or rabbis. Jesus did this. We simply called on his name. Peter preached Jesus, and that's still our message today. Not just from the pulpit on Sundays or on Thursdays, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and all the days of the week. A tremendous message of hope and joy to strengthen and encourage all of us. Jesus. And then the other name that comes into the passage is another very comforting one. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel introduces a note of friendship and helps to answer the age-old question, will God in very deed dwell with men on earth? It was not only to die for us that Jesus came, but also to live with us. And his very last words remind us of the precious and permanent nature of that friendship. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I love that thought of God being with us in our daily walk. I remember once hearing a wonderful testimony. It was by a retired clergyman, but um, he was recalling the days when he was a curate and how these new responsibilities often got him very worried. And he said the one thing he was dreading was to be asked to conduct his first funeral. And he recalled that the day eventually arrived. The funeral was going to be in a week's time. And he said he was tossing and turning and losing sleep because he thought something might go wrong. But fortunately, he discussed it with a wise old Christian. And he reminded him of that word, Emmanuel, God is with us. And he said he's gone ahead of, he would be there at that funeral. Now calm down, 
He's there. He's in that situation. He'll be there. And the curate said that was a major turning point in his early ministry. And I feel as we anticipate our week ahead, be it one of joy and celebration, or perhaps hardship and threat, maybe a tough interview, a hospital appointment, let's remind ourselves of Emmanuel, God with us, he'll be in that situation. He'll stick with us and he'll give us the strength and the courage we need. So in conclusion, as we come shortly to the Eucharist, let's remind ourselves of the name Jesus, our Saviour, who through his broken body and blood that was shed, found a means of salvation for each one of us as we put our trust in him. And as we leave this service and go out into our daily lives, let's remember the word Emmanuel. God with us. God with you. God with me. At our side to guide and bless us every step of the way. Amen. Amen.